the Milsim Gaming Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to the very first Milsim Gaming Podcast. My name is Residence, and I'm delighted to be able to kick off the podcast today. So what's it all about? The Milsim Gaming Podcast will be your intelligence source on the Milsim and tactical shooter genre, so you can expect lots of news, discussion, insight, and just general opinion on games like Squad, Insurgency Sandstorm, Postscriptum, Armor 3, and lots more. The podcast guests will include industry figures, developers, YouTubers, uh, random people who have interesting opinions, and most importantly, you, the fans and players. After spending more and more time over the past couple of years enjoying the killer titles that are coming out in this very vibrant genre, I figured it was time to really explore the games and the people that make it happen. Basically, if it's going to involve military combat simulation or tactical first-person shooter action in general, we'll be shining a light on it. We'll be easing into regular production over the course of summer 2020, with COVID-19 having slowed things down a bit for us, but we have some great interviews lined up over the coming weeks. We have two more podcasts set to be uploaded in the coming days, so please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For our first episode today, we'll be visiting one of the true breakout games of 2020, which is, of course, Escape from Tarkov. Tarkov prides itself on being a particularly hardcore, unforgiving and realism-focused title, with a beta having been originally released back in 2017. The game is set in a fictional, semi-deserted Russian city and its outskirts, where rival mercenaries and scavengers are competing for loot and supplies. It's really all about tension, quick reactions, and just getting out alive, and that's whether you decide to play Lone Wolf or as part of Squad. Now, the game has really skyrocketed in terms of popularity since January, when it made its way to the top of the Twitch streaming charts, and it's really elbowed its way to the front of the pack when it comes to the hardcore shooters, despite exhibiting a lot of the growing pains that come with being a smaller, independent studio title. Uh, that independent studio, of course, being Battle State Games. We wanted the first MSG podcast to be one that really connected with dedicated players. So several weeks ago, we sat down with two longtime Tarkov players, The Sad and Concept, who are veteran players who have witnessed the game's recent rise in popularity. I just started by asking the guys how they originally teamed up. You're listening to the Mill Sim Gaming Podcast. Uh, no, we met over uh, Counter-Strike uh, many moons ago. Oh. Yeah, yeah, no, this is a friendship born out of gaming. It's uh, It's been many, many moons, you know, that we've been gaming together, and uh, thankfully Escape from Tarkov gave us uh, gave us another great game to be uh, to be working on team play together. So so which Counter-Strike would that have been that you guys were actually, if I can delve that far back, which Counter-Strike version would you have actually been playing together? Um, 1.5. One, one point three, somewhere around there. Damn, that's a while ago. <laughs> it's, it's been a little bit. It's been a yeah. little bit. We were uh, we were kids. That's beautiful though. Beautiful that it can you know you can you can go from shooting each other that period of time ago to, to shooting each other right up until the current day or helping each other as the case may be. <clears throat> I, I still remember vividly. You know, it was it was way back when we used to play on this on this this server that we had found C four server. You know, I, I was with one of my uh, good friends. We were trying to set up a private server and we were running into some issues. And I was, you know, I was maybe what, like 12 years old or something, you know, and I figured, you know what? Somebody who's good at the game is probably going to be able to give me some insight. So <laughs> I just messaged the best person in the server, which was which was Adam at the time. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he's being nice. That, that's definitely not the case. But uh, 
You you were sure. leading the, the, the KD score, so you know there you go. Uh, you can't argue with the KD man. I don't care what people well, say. You know. I'll take it then. I'm going on a hot streak. <laughs> time, I guess. But uh, yeah, we had uh, we had some buddies from my high school, and uh, you know we were grade nine starting out, and we'd. Uh, he figured out how to make it a server together because uh, in after school we'd stop by his place and we'd play some some land stuff. We we'd make we're into map making and trying our own stuff, so it was kind of a trip. So you guys have probably been at this then for the best part of like over fifteen years. Would that be right? Probably close to twenty now. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's almost twenty years now. Is it just the case now? Like, let's say you guys are, you know, interested in playing a game of Tarkov or something like that, that you just, um, yeah, you just log on to, to Discord and you're like, let's do this, let's do that. It's very casual. Or do you kind of go for the event things on like, let's, let's play on Saturday morning or something like that? Well, I mean, obviously life gets in the way as you get older, right? You have to kind of make sure you plan things a little bit more. But, uh, I, I don't know. We have our, our kind of regular times that we try and play. Every once in a while, you know, we'll message each other and just be like, hmm? <laughs> just like the raised eyebrow across across instant messaging i, I feel the urge and, you know see we see if it can uh if it can come together but uh yeah you know i mean we we try and make time what are you playing at the moment let's just say in general i think it's always nice to kind of check in with people in that regard and um, it sounds like tarkov is definitely something you're playing a lot of what else in your steam library or beyond obviously in the case of tarkov are you guys playing at the moment is there any particular game that you're enjoying at the moment let's say or you know you're like ooh, this has been sitting there for a while and now i've started to play it and i really like it i've been uh i got back onto the classic wow grind oh you went for the classic wow okay yeah it it was the first game that really took me after counter strike and uh when it came back I had too much shit going on. I couldn't even get on for Tarkov and stuff, but I also wasn't sleeping. So, like, what else do you do when you're up at, like, 3 in the morning and you can't sleep? So, I mean, you grind some WoW, right? So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. it kind of just uh, fit in. And I got a couple buddies uh, out from the East Coast. You know, we uh, we actually, like, when I moved out there, that's how we met, was I overheard one of them talking about, you know, downing Nefarian. And I was like, oh, you guys play WoW? And he's going to be the best man in my wedding. And so, you know, Seb's also one of my, my groomsmen. So it kind of like, you know, some of the best friendships have been born this way. And uh, so it's kind of my way of keeping in touch with the boys when they're uh, living abroad. And you don't find that like the whole sort of like, you got to be on time for this raid, you know, that aspect of things, like you can still handle that. You can still make it happen. Honestly, it's almost easier that way. Cause uh, you know, when I tell the fiance, ah, you know, I'm playing with the boys on Thursday night, she she'll like prepare something with the girls or whatever. And it's not like, uh, it, it keeps things uh, copacetic at home when I when it's it's preordained. And, uh, as long as you have enough lead-in time, I always find is the most yeah. important thing, right? Because if you drop that shit like a few hours beforehand, it's gonna be, it's not gonna be pretty, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that, that's great that you've been able to to keep it going in that regard. What about you, Seb? Other than Tarkov, is there anything else that's been really you know scratching that itch for you? Um, you know, on, honestly, I'm I tend to stick to just one game when I'm playing. And then I'll go cold turkey to a different game, you know? So I've kind of, I've essentially only been playing Escape from Tarkov. And that's after I moved away from uh, PUBG. You know, I just, I reached a tipping point with PUBG where it was like the game register, the net code is, is just not good. Um, the time to kill just isn't very appealing. Like sniping somebody in the head from a distance, you know, with an AR and, a, you know, you gotta get three, four hits. Ugh. I I wasn't uh, I wasn't enjoying it anymore and it, it just wasn't working. So I moved over to Tarkov and honestly I've been back to PUBG after playing PUBG exclusively for probably a year, uh, if not more. 
Um, I've been back maybe two, three times, and it's only served to reaffirm the fact that I'm happy I, I no longer play it. Um, yeah, every once in a while, I'll play a StarCraft, use map settings, um, or a custom game, whatever they call it these days. But uh, no, I, I pretty much exclusively play uh, Escape from Tarkov. You've been at it for about a year, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Just a little bit over a year at this point. Uh, I think Adam picked it up uh, around Christmas, and then maybe a month later, he was like, you, know, you, you really have to try this game. Yeah, I caught a couple streams of uh, Shroud playing back in the day when he was just starting out. You know, he's like moving through Interchange, and he's got a few buddies, and it just they just got absolutely wrecked by another squad. Uh, had no idea where they got killed from, and I was like, oh man, like that was cool. It just like it, it just seemed so intense, so hyped. Um, the suspense was there, and yeah, for a while, like the seven hour playing uh, PUBG together, and like what really drew us initially was that like the suspense of you know the final circle coming down, and like you know you've been going at this for 20, 30 minutes, like it could all end right here. And so that I really felt that suspense from the stream, and I was like, "Nah, I gotta get, I gotta, I gotta see what this is all about." What are the things that really, really give you the satisfaction when you're playing it? Is it like that last second extraction? I think it's you know, Seb and I were kind of talking about this beforehand. Like, I think our favorite part is you know, we able to set up and sort of outplay somebody, whether it's you know, uh, coaxing them into a you know, in a pinch or get them in a crossfire or outflanking them. Uh, yeah, it's just trying to outplay people because you know, like in our in our age, uh, we're not as quick as we once used to be, right? So it's a lot more of a of a cerebral mind game now, and I think that's where we find our our biggest edge is just you know leveraging that you know twenty years of uh, shooter experience, and so uh, I think that's that's the highlight for me. Escape from Tarkov is one of those games like look you you can buy tons of armor, you can buy you know all the best gear, but all it takes is one well placed bullet of, of the most expensive ammo, um you know to to end your life. Like, you shouldn't be getting hit. And to get, not get hit, you need to have proper placement. You need to, to have good, like, movement. And, and that's really where I find, like, especially, you know, working in, in squads, you know, duos and more, um, where we really shine is because we know where we're going to be heading. We, we're able to communicate really effectively. Awareness. Uh, of knowing, you know, where somebody is, kind of trying to trying to anticipate what they're going to be doing, and then adjusting in consequence, and just kind of moving and, and setting up and setting traps and, and that kind of stuff. I, that that really makes uh, Escape from Tarkov, you know, move to a whole another level uh, above other games where it's you're really just kind of plowing, you're just you're running, and you're just you're no care in the world, and it's it's really just a volume game, you know. We've seen things in 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 the last few months completely take off for 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 the actual for the actual game. Um, they had that huge video that went viral. Um, the live action one. Did you guys see that live action raid video that they put out to, to promote it? Yeah, yeah we've been absolutely. watching uh, all three. Yeah, I uh, cast that on the TV and uh, tell my fiance to go in the other room. Uh, yeah, it's it's intense. They did a great job with that stuff. I mean, a lot of the people in it are the actual developers. You know, they love what they do. You know, I, I almost feel like this is a great excuse for them to to do something like this. You know, I I don't think it's it's exclusively born out of out of a need for marketing. I, I think there's a lot of passion in there. Have you guys noticed um, any any real change? Any sort, let's say, influx of newer newer like less experienced players, let's say yourselves, when you're actually playing the game, or have things stayed relatively steady as uh, in terms of the gaming experience over like say the last six months or so? I would definitely say like Tarkov is a brutal game. You're gonna die about a hundred times before you figure out how to properly, you know, be successful in the world. And by successful, I simply mean survive. 
and then you're going to need probably another thousand games before you actually start, you know, being able to get on top. Um, so there's a lot of people kind of not understanding what they need to do to be able to survive. I almost feel like that, you know, for the for the more seasoned players, it almost kind of lulls you in a false sense of security because you're just kind of running around. You, what is this guy doing? You know, you just kill him, and oh, what are what are these guys out in the open? You know, pop pop, and then you run into another similarly skilled player who's you, you've been lulled into this false sense of security of like, <laughs> and then, you know, you stop checking your angles as, uh, as cleanly and then, you know, you get dropped. So, and I, I definitely feel bad. You know, there's a lot of people, it's a complex game. You know, there's a lot of people that, you know, that I kill that I realize, wow, this is like your, this is clearly your, your like second or third raid. And I, I have slapped you so hard that you may never come back. <laughs> However, one of the other things we know that can really, really frustrate people is server crashes and resets. And there has been a lot of that supposedly going on um, in Tarkov to the extent where we now have this week um, Battlestate essentially coming out and saying we're going to give you guys a bunch of in-game currency in order to make up for this. Um, you guys obviously are experienced players. What do you what do you make of that move? Have you been stung in the middle of a really bad, good firefight by getting you know, a server, a server issue, or um, how do you feel about them trying to make up to this by throwing rubles at you? Well, okay, so first off, you know, they they gave everybody a million in-game rubles, which isn't that much. It's a lot to a new player, but it's really not that much. Um, like a million rubles, to, to put things in perspective, is like, it, it's a good scavenger run. You know, that's, that's a solid scavenger haul. Now, if you're uh, an endgame person, you know, who's gearing up, mm-hmm. you can easily be loading up with, um, you know, one and a half to two million rubles worth of gear on yourself, um, just with all of your gear and your armor and your helmet and, you know, your gun, uh, all the attachments on your gun, you know. You know, I'm all for it because, mm-hmm. uh, again, you know, it is helping out the newer players. Uh, it doesn't make a difference for an endgame player. No, not really, because we're already flush with money and making money is not an issue. Um, did I lose any kits during the server uh, issues? Yeah, but it doesn't bother me more than that. At the end of the day, this is still a beta. Um, it's had an explosion in, in, in success recently with uh, the, the Twitch drops and uh, you know and, and the raid and, and everything like that. But you know, this is way more success sooner uh, than even the developers have said that they want. <laughs> not a good thing for them you know this is not what the game's not ready for prime time and they didn't want it to, to reach prime time like this you know they, they weren't ready and unfortunately it's giving a bad impression to a lot of people um but it's an incorrect impression you know if, uh, the servers aren't able to handle this kind of load because a lot of optimization hasn't happened yet and intentionally you know there's there's other priorities and, and they're getting there um and, and that's something that i find really nice about about escape from tarkov is, is the level of transparency that the uh the developers are showing if you go on uh, escape from tarkov's reddit on, on some of these issues you know they are constantly sending messages out and they're constantly holding these developer blogs, you know, where they're bringing on all the big streamers and they're just talking about the issues and, and making sure that everybody's kind of kept in the loop. You know, they've, they've done a great job of that. And, yeah. you know, honestly, I, I, I really can't blame them. I don't think they're dropping the ball. In fact, I think they're exceeding expectations. I just want to, like, add to that because I think there's there's one other big, you know, caveat here is that, you know, when people think, oh, the servers are crashing, that's awful. It's like, yeah, that sucks. But it doesn't happen every time. And 
for sure. Maybe it's happening more frequently. But like the the flip side of that is you've got games like PUBG where you know does anyone talk about the server crashes in PUBG? No, because the server doesn't crash. But the netcode is garbage. And the netcode's not garbage in Tarkov. So when you do have a game that doesn't crash, you're not worried about the lag or anything else. Like you're not having any of these other issues. You're getting a quality server, quality game that that feels, you know, it's enjoyable. It feels rewarding when you kill someone or you get, you know, you get the drop on someone. Whereas, you know, when you're playing like PUBG, like Seb said, I mean, the reason, like I said, we left the game was the netcode where, yeah, you might get the drop on someone, you put six bullets in him, but does the server register that? Maybe, maybe not. And so, you know, one's hearing about the, you know, the server problems with, with those games. And I guess I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, uh, shit on PUBG because I just, it's just the, you know, the example that comes to mind, but there's a lot of games and that's been my problem with most of the shooters, uh, Destiny 2, Destiny, like all these other games that I've played, you know, off and on over the years, you know, the netcode hasn't been there, but you don't hear about the server issues because they're not crashing. Well, what's what's more important to you, I guess, is uh, is what it comes down to. You know, and another piece to it is, you know, when Seb and I joined, we were about midway through a wipe, and there wasn't a big influx of players. So the number of new other new players we ran into when we were cutting our teeth learning Tarkov was a lot smaller. Um, and so I think, you know, we had our initial... Uh, you know, like learning curve or whatever is probably a little bit steeper. Whereas right now is actually, I think, a great time to get into Tarkov because there are so many other new players learning with you. Let's say you're in an elevator, you meet another guy in another office, let's say, or, uh, you know, you have a friend and they're like, oh, I've started playing Tarkov, X, Y, and Z. And they're like, give me one piece of advice. Um, is there one aspect of it you think that, and just say, like, if you keep doing this, then you're going to, you're going to improve and get better. I'm beginning to think it may be the big C word, communication. Yeah, I think, I think the communication one's probably a little bit more obvious just from the perspective that when you get into the game, like, there's no, like, like, friendly fire is, is obviously a thing. You don't have, like, name tags or anything on people. Like, the HUD is very limited, so you're not, you don't know who your teammate is unless you are communicating. So I think that one, you know, people will sort of figure out on your own. I think the, probably the, you know, for me anyways, one of the biggest things that you maybe not be apparent is that, uh, you know, any attachment is better than no attachment. Even like even for myself, I haven't. You know, I'm I'm level 43 or 44 this wipe so far. I don't think I've run uh, like a meta, you know, low recoil or whatever uh, any gun um, yet. So it's just I've just whatever attachments I have, I throw them on and I go with it. And I found like you know from wipes past where I have you know gone towards the end of the wipe and I, all I'm running are the meta, you know, low recoil, whatever, higher ergonomics setups I, I haven't noticed that much of a drop off and i think that's something that you know it lulls players into spending all this money and i don't know if it's necessary especially when you're starting out um i would definitely agree with that um and i i think you know the, there are there are two other really important things to know for tarkov one you need you need to look at some ammo charts and run the best ammo you can afford your money should be going into good ammunition. You need to, if somebody's wearing, you know, tier five, tier five armor, which is pretty standard for higher higher level people, um, you need to be able to get through that. If you're if you're shooting, you know, if you're not shooting proper armor pen ammo, you're going to be dumping ammo into people and wondering why you can't kill them. You need to be able to get through a tier three face shield. You need to be able to get through tier five armor and, and actually kill people. I think that was the biggest mistake that I did when I first came into to Tarkov. I was just running any ammo uh, because, oh, well, you know, the good ammo is expensive and I don't have much money. Well, 
you're gonna lose your you're gonna lose money because you're gonna die because you can shoot at someone they're gonna turn around and kill you and you're gonna you're gonna be upset because you got the drop on someone and you weren't able to to seal the deal um, where you would have if you had uh, penetrating ammo it's a very convi- it's a very convincing return on investment argument you know buy the good bullets or you'll die and lose it. exactly exactly um so so that that would be it and my second piece of advice i know you only asked for one but only run if you're out in the open because when you're running you um people hear you from further away and you know more experienced players Again, they're they're walking, so they'll hear you coming, line you up, you turn the corner, and you just get dropped, and then you wonder why. Well, because people heard you coming from far away. Interesting, interesting. I think the sound design aspects of these games are, are fascinating because there can be such a difference between certain shooter games in regards to in regards to noise you make while you're moving. You said that you know, obviously that there's good communication going on between the devs and um, in regards to what's going on. Um, if you had a direct line, say another sort of an elevator scenario where you had a you know a situation where you could talk directly to a dev and kind of give them some direct feedback, is there any one aspect let's say that's been kind of bugging you about it? One thing that you're like, God damn, this ruined my shot again. Or, you know, this aspect, I've, I've selected the wrong thing. If you could wave a magic wand and fix it, what would it be? I think for me, it would be uh, a bit of cleaning on the UI end. I think there's just some menu-to-menu stuff that's a little bit underdeveloped. And I'm sure it's just, you know, priorities. I guess it's, it's a smaller team or whatever. But, like, you know, not being able to group up before you go into that specific map at that specific time, like just little things like that. Um, some quality of life improvements in terms of the gameplay, I, you know, I, I think I love it for what it is. And I think that's one of the strong suits is that, uh, you know, no matter what I said to the devs in the elevator, I think, uh, the dev team knows what they want and they're not ready to capitulate to the masses, uh, if it doesn't fit within the vision of their game. So, uh, yeah. Right, but you would still elbow them in the ribs and be like, clean up the UI. Just make the UI just a little bit prettier, please. Yeah, just, just prioritize a little higher, you know? <laughs> Fair enough. And yourself, Seb? Um, it's perfect. Change nothing. Bring me, bring me noobs. <laughs> well, no. So, okay, so one of the issues the game has with higher uh, magnification scopes is they haven't gone back to work on the uh, relative mouse sensitivity when you're using high-powered scopes. So when you're using a high-powered scope and you put another, like, say there's a slot on top of a a high-magnification scope for a little red dot or something, the Mm -hmm. mouse sensitivity that you're going to have on the red dot on top of the high-powered scope is going to be the same as if you were through the high-powered scope, so extremely low. As well, when there's multiple magnifications on some scopes, um, when you're at a low magnification, uh, you'll still be tracking at the same speed as the high magnification. Um, so, uh, so it, which is something they've acknowledged that it's an issue and they have to go back and kind of work at that. But it just hasn't happened yet. And it, it is one that, that makes some um, scopes and scope combos a little bit more difficult to use. Um, but again, you know, it's not unusable. I just tend to play uh, FPS games with much lower mouse sensitivity. 
um, which then becomes quite significant when I have to do my mouse pad twice over to uh, to 90 degrees, you know. <laughs> you know, obviously there's the auction house and whatnot that they're, um, or the flea market, if you will, uh, that they're still kind of tweaking and, and trying to figure out how to uh, how to make work most effectively. Um, so, the you know, the good stuff, the, the best in slot stuff can run out relatively quickly. And then you have to rely on other players selling on the auction house. Um, right. And they haven't quite worked out some of the, the ways that they're going to control. Before, some players used to be able to just come in. At one, when I say players read like bots and stuff, every um, reset, they would just kind of completely buy out the stock and then list it up for four times the price and, you know, rinse, repeat and make tons of money. So, you know, they, they're limiting how much each player can buy. They're they're increasing or decreasing global limits of various items. And they're, they're still tweaking. It is just... You know, it's a it's a process which is ongoing. Uh, however, um, it would kind of be nice if they took the approach of adding a per player limit for all items, uh, and then worked backwards from it, as opposed to what they are doing now, where they're slowly identifying pain points and putting per player limits uh, onto those items. Is it perfect? No, uh, and they may even take a different approach to fixing it. But that's the one that's had some uh, some quality of life issues for new players um, on some items that they absolutely need. Um, so they may want to try and protect that. And I understand that they, they do... It's intentional that this game is brutal, and they want to preserve that. But I don't necessarily think that, that brutality on the auction house is, is necessary. <laughs> it's, like you, it's like you do really well in the game. You like wail on a bunch of people, you do great, and then you go into the auction house and you're just like... You know, pinched by some by some butt. It's kind of an interesting. I, I, absolutely, and they, you know, and they like I said, it, it is a work in progress. They've acknowledged it, and they are working to improve it. But um, it, it is it is an area that needs. Uh, I understand that's not exactly so. I, I hope there's many floors in the building that we're going through. Uh, if I'm going to pitch that in the elevator in the way I did, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I think it's it, it's a it's an area that uh, that they are working on that needs more attention. It's a case, I suppose, with this one, we're going to have to see where the game goes. Uh, tracking it, you know, even though I don't, I don't play it as well myself, I, I find it's fascinating to see how it's, how it's been developing and moving along. I'm curious exactly how this, um, how this popularity arc is going to go on it. Maybe it'll just keep going up and it won't be an arc at all, a bit like this elevator we were just in. Is there anything else that you just kind of wanted to pass on about the game? Or I think one thing that we have to acknowledge is the, uh, the map making. Right. These guys are honestly on another level. I think there, there's something to be said uh, coming from like Counter-Strike and the Half-Life era where there was such a focus on that because it was like one of those things where you could really control. Like The graphics were kind of limited and uh, functionality was sort of limited. So it was these guys have got the fundamentals down so well and every time they put out a new map you see their improvement and then they talk about how they're going to bring those learnings back to previous maps so I'm, I'm excited to see that happen in the coming year but i think it's definitely something that has to be acknowledged like it's just it's, it's on a whole other level and i think that a lot of other development companies could be learning from that absolutely absolutely um playing labs for the first time it, it uh, honestly it, it kind of blew my mind. It brought me back to like playing Half-Life for the first time. Just making your way through Terra Labs was was pretty. It was so immersive, you know. Just mm-hmm. just from the map making itself, uh, let alone you know the firefights and whatnot. It was something else. Uh, a lot of these maps you're dropped in the first time, and 
you know, just making your way through it and, and trying to correlate with, um, you know, with the, the, uh, the maps that you're pulling up online and you realize they put a lot of effort into these maps. And, and like you said, I, I completely agree. They're on another level. Excellent. I think it's, I think that's sort of that aspect of being able to call you back into like a, like a really great map experience you had before, like let's say contrasting labs with what you experienced going through Half-Life for the first time. There were some recent updates in Squad too, where they actually brought back some features that had previously been very popular in existing Project Reality. Uh, maps which predated all of this people love that um, there was a lot of love going around on the reddit and the likes of that that you know people could that they made these sort of very tasteful moves with the uh, with the map building we can go completely off topic here and ask if there's any one take you have on the entire shooter genre let's say in general i will go first <laughs> if that's okay one of the things I've noticed, and I hate to keep coming back to Squad again, but it is a case where it's great to see that the Canadian faction has been uh, pushed forward an awful lot more in uh, Squad. I'm not getting regular games in the general servers where um, one of the two factions is the, the Canadian one. I think it's really interesting because it's actually been able to fill in a couple of my um, you know, complete blanks on, on what sort of equipment is actually used in the Canadian Armed Forces. The likes of the, the Timberwolf um, sniper rifle and the likes of that, it's been really, really cool to be able to, to regularly play those. Um, a lot of people are saying the Canadian faction are still OP in squad. They're probably right. The rifles are absolutely amazing. But sitting in Canada and playing it, I've noticed that there's more and more vocal Canadians actually playing in those uh, particular games when the Canadians come up as an option. And that's been really, really, really cool. And uh, has definitely filled in a little kind of um, knowledge void that I had in regards to that. Uh, how about you guys? Is there anything else you've noticed just in gaming in general here, or any sort of thing that you even heard that was kind of vaguely interesting that you're interesting in passing on? No, <sighs> um, you know, I don't necessarily have my finger on the pulse, um, you know, on the gaming community in general. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, I, t- I tend to be, uh, I-, I tend to be a little bit myopic and, in, in, you know keep my head down in one game and then uh <laughs> let let me ask you a question then which i've often seen pop up as oh an aspect about tarkov that's not on steam um and you know when it's not on steam you don't get all the, the overlay screen all the aspects of that there too um obviously you guys have been going into this game and playing it for a year without having to actually deal with steam you're using a completely different launcher and all the rest of that is that overblown has that impacted you at all not really i don't know i, I to be honest i haven't even really <laughs> noticed it um, and, you know, we said we played a lot of PUBG together. Uh, I used to play some Rocket League. So I, I've done my fair share of uh, the Steam launcher uh, in recent uh, memory. And I don't know, I, I feel like like Steam's great and all, but I feel like the ease with which Steam games can leverage the Steam market and monetize stuff in-game, uh, I think, kills the focus on proper game development. And I think we saw that. Uh, and like I said, from my you know from my experience with Rocket League and and PUBG, you know like the the crates and the uh, all the little microtransactions, I think it's just too easy for developers to go that route, and I think the, they they get their eye off the prize, uh, and I think uh, you know we as consumers suffer. I think yeah, just the, the the platform lends itself too easily to that, and I think yeah. Takes the takes developers off uh, with their eye off the prize. Yeah, I would agree. I have to say, originally when I had to download Escape from Tarkov. I was uh, I was a bit frustrated because I was like oh, I have to download a, another freaking launcher client 
<laughs> sitting, sitting in the background of your computer all the time, like updating and all that shit, you know? Yeah, but I have to say that when I launched it, the first thing I noticed is that they're not trying to sell me anything. So no, you can't make another purchase. You, you can't download any other game. You can't do it. Even though, you know, the... Battlestate Games has, has worked on other games. You know, these developers, it's not the first game they work on. This is the escape from, from Tarkov launcher. This isn't a sales client. You're not, you're not launching Origin. This is really an update and game launching client for Tarkov. Like, there is value. As well contrasted by yourself, opposed to the likes of the Origin client, which when I played Apex Legends um, for a little bit, for about two months, I'd say, uh, when that came out, Jesus Christ, it was just horrible. I felt like I had to, I had to fight my way through five screens of like new rave color schemes, you know, uh, skins that I could buy or win. It was just, it was one of the things that completely put me off that particular, particular game or product. All right, guys, just wanted to say thanks a lot for taking time out on a Thursday morning to talk to me. Uh, Thanks thanks for having us. Well, that does it for the very first episode of the Milson Gaming Podcast. Want to get in touch, or have you got a topic that you'd really like the MSG Podcast to cover? If so, shoot us an email via milsimgamingpodcast at gmail.com. Did we get something wrong? Then give us hell on the tried and tested platform for online griping, Twitter. And while you're at it, be sure to follow us on Instagram, where we'll be doing our best to come up with attractive images despite being an audio platform. Please also kindly consider contributing via our Patreon account and keep the Milsim Gaming Podcast in production. Until next time, I've been Resident, over and out.